Hey, what's poppin', y'all? It's your girl, La Reina de Puerto Rico, the Boricua badass, Tasha Steels. And you're now listening to the Big Gold Belt Podcast. What is up, everybody? We are live this week for this week's episode of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. The whole crew is here. This is our episode 270. We got a ton of things to discuss tonight. So hopefully you guys who are watching us live on Twitter right now are ready for a good hour worth of just a bunch of talking about wrestling. Uh, We got some little bit of UFC stuff, but overall, uh, we're going to kind of just... Uh, put a week's worth of news into an hour. Um, but before we get started with the show, let me introduce everybody in case this may be your first time ever listening or watching us. Um, and of course, I'm your host, Two Chains, here. And uh, over to my left on the screen is Jamal, followed by Mr. Hillwill Mahoney, Silly Sellers under me, and Damian Salty G over there across from me. Fellas, how you guys doing tonight? Pretty good. You know, virus free since 83. It's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Another week Knock of surviving the virus for sure. Knock on wood. <laughs> now, you knock on wood. I don't know what games you playing. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I said, we have a lot to talk about here, so let's keep the introductions pretty short. The first thing I'm honestly going to start the show off with, and I don't care what everybody else say because they wanted to start off with something else, and I'm definitely not going to start off with that yet. Hateration. Hateration. I am absolutely going to Tuesday night, and that is. The debut of two knockouts of two two people I've been friends and fans of of a long time getting their debut on Impact Wrestling. That's Tasha Stills and that's Kimberly. And I gotta tell you, you guys, if you're not watching Impact for whatever reason, I'm trying to tell you that they are cleaning up and stacking that knockouts division. And the addition of Tasha Stills and Kimberly, who had uh, both two solid matches on Tuesday night. Um, if that's not a statement to where they're going at, not to mention the people that we haven't even seen yet because of, uh, you know, the isolation of quarantine, that is going to be a show to watch absolutely on Tuesday. And I can only imagine who else is probably, uh, sitting on the bench right now and getting ready to debut because they have made some noise, um, over the last couple of weeks. So I was absolutely thrilled to see Tasha still who's faced Kylie Ray and Kimberly faced, um, have it. And again, back-to-back matches and just just solid quality. And I, I again, I can't, I can't stress enough that knockouts division is going to be something, something to be reckoned with in all the professional wrestling. So I was absolutely happy to um, to uh, see them debut. Not to mention they had an onlooking Nevea who seemed to be making a return to Impact as well too. So um, again, that knockouts division is definitely going to be something. You you add in Jordan Grayson to that mix. And, um, and and Tessa Blanchard and um, and, and just many others. It's, it's gonna it's gonna it's it's definitely gonna be something to work with. So 
Um, you can watch that review. I actually did a review of the episodes on the YouTube channel uh, right now and each and every week for that. Also, too, on the website, we got a bunch of new articles that's going to be posted. The writers of the Big Gold Belt are getting to work. And we're what we're going to be doing is each and every week, we're going to be trying to highlight a different talent in the world of professional wrestling and short Q&A sessions to kind of get people familiarized with them, kind of see how people are holding it up during this quarantine and, um, you know, providing a new audience for people who may not be familiar with these people. So uh, definitely at BigGoldBellGroup.com, you can catch the latest articles for that. Um, But because everybody else really wants to make sure that we, we get this off our list of things to talk about tonight, everybody is super excited for Becky Lynch having a baby in her stomach. Okay, now which one of you guys are going to a baby shower? You could have segued that better from knocked up, knockouts to knocked up. Knocked up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, silly sounds to me on the same page. Yes, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That low-hanging fruit was right there. Uh, right. It was right there. You just didn't want to do it, man. Just a hateration today. Uh, Go ahead. The floor is you guys. Talk about it. Who wants what to run with it? We don't really care so much. Like we're <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. Go ahead, to be fair, I actually didn't know that she was pregnant. Um, this is actually the first time I'm hearing about it. Uh, do we know who the father is? Uh, <laughs> we we, we we are guessing. <laughs> We're guessing it's Seth Rollins, but Maury Povich might have to prove that eventually. <laughs> I guess, yes, I guess exactly. in, in WWE kayfabe currently, it is Seth Rollins, since they did have a Ray Ray talking to him on the show about being a dad and how it will change him and him looking all miserable. So for the uh, moment, I guess it's Seth Rollins. So he's already a parent is what you're telling me. Right. <laughs> That's what you and even okay. in the shoot aspect, they did do a little thing with uh, People Magazine as soon as they made the announcement oh, with the two of them. All right. He yeah. shot something all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to say this. I thought it was a, an incredibly well-handled moment. The big thing that got me was like when the word kind of came out that afternoon that something might be up, the immediate question became, okay, what's going to happen? She's the champion, and last night they had the money in the bank thing. How are they going to get out of this? And the way they handled the opening of Raw with the reveal of, oh, hey, by the way, I'm going to have to go away for a bit. And unbeknownst to everyone, the Raw Women's Championship was inside the briefcase last night and the money in the bank was secretly for the title. So mm-hmm. Asuka opens the case. Asuka is suddenly champion. Everyone's excited for Asuka. And then Becky slides in there. Yeah, I got to go away because I'm going to go be a mom. And then Asuka kind of breaks that fourth wall and drops yep. the character and was happy for as far as just that whole moment. I thought that was a great feel good moment that was handled incredibly well. And it's something we haven't had in wrestling. I think since the quarantine, it felt real. It didn't feel contrived. I just, I just really liked how that was handled. And the way WWE is that could have went so much weirder in a heavy handed way, or they could have decided mm-hmm. to say, have Becky just say, well, I'm not going to be here and that's it. But I thought it was handled really well. I really liked well, it. And I know personally it brought a tear to my wife's eye. So well handled. That's all I got to say about it. Will, real quick, though, you really thought it was authentic? Like, do you think Oscar was like literally surprised with that reaction that she had? Or do you think that was part of the I know, but let me react to it? Do you think? Yeah, that was I, I think Oscar did a good job of reacting to it. Okay. I think is what happened. I'm a, she might not have known, you know, totally. The, the impression I get is 
Becky, we didn't was straight up telling everyone beforehand, mm-hmm. other than mm-hmm. the higher ups. So Oscar probably knew about the belt deal, but probably didn't know to the full extent why she was getting the thing. So who gotcha. knows? <laughs> so 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 of all the times where everybody likes to uh, bust vents for bad booking, I see no one give them props for this one, right? Isn't this isn't this on the same hand here? He handled a, a, a segment good, and I don't see nobody giving him props here. So. Uh, that's the that's the first big bit of uh double standardness <laughs> that's going on for the night. Mm-hmm. The, the next one is obviously is that what happened to all the people saying Oscar was buried? Where are exactly. those people at? She didn't <laughs> win the belt, she was given the belt. Blah. I've seen people saying she should have stayed in NXT, she's not doing anything, blah 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 blah. I can't believe Charlotte still beat her, like all, all this nonsense, and now look. So it, what's funny to me is that what is it took the money in the bank for r- people to realize like she's literally been the best thing on Raw since I who knows since they they, they since they had the what the shakeup or the draft whatever it was so you know and and to Sully's point like her reaction to it she's been putting on reactions like that for the last for forever is and if you if you're not looking at her YouTube channel I don't know what to tell people because like that's literally the the most entertaining wrestling platform and of, <laughs> of, of all WWE on YouTube easily. She, she, she's a natural. So, you know, good for her because ultimately I guess now her having a championship legitimizes her to the Twitter universe of people, but she's been legit the entire time belt or not no belt. She's just been, she's definitely been the best. And quite frankly, probably the only thing really worth turning on raw each and every week because of what she does. So, you know, good for her. And and for Becky and Seth, I, I can't wait for you guys to watch Total Divas each week. Because I know that's the job <laughs> I'm waiting for. I know it. <laughs> I'm just picturing Seth Rollins on Total Divas. That that would not. No. No. <laughs> it can work. Rusev was on there. It can uh, work. See what happened to him. So hey, can't, be any, can't be any more awkward than uh, Mr. Robot John Cena trying oh, to do that show. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Uh, wasn't John Laurinaitis on there too? Yes, he oh, is. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so there you go. But it'd be cool because if we get Seth, maybe we get to see uh, the back of his uh, his school, the Black and Brave. Maybe we get to get some scoops of what's going on in there. Um, but anyway, kind of going back into last week's episode, we talked a lot about Florida reopening, how confident we will feel as fans attending events. We got a sample dose last week. We had some major pay-per-views this week. Um, so right now I want to kind of go over like what did we learn from UFC 249? Actually, not 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 to mention UFC has literally done or is going to do um um three events in eight days. So they, you know, as much as they've been knocking on the door, like, hey, we need to do something, they're they're all guns are blazing right now. So they had UFC 249 on um Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then they had uh, ES um, UFC or ESPN Plus yesterday. What's today? The, the day before. Yeah, yeah, last night. Excuse me. And so, and then we had Money in the Bank, which was half in Connecticut, which is obviously pre-taped. Also, shout out to Stephanie McMahon for uh, zooming in her segment because if you didn't, <laughs> if you didn't notice that, I, I don't know what to tell you. That was so that was that was bad. Uh, it was right. edited bad. Mm. Um, but I guess the other part was live. I guess at in 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 um the performance center or partial, yep. partial, partial live. Okay, no, cool. two matches, two or three matches. 
Yeah, if you were paying attention to the broadcast, the live thing up in the corner of the screen was coming yep. and going. It was up there it for the Drew, the Drew Mack match with Seth yep. Rollins and yep. uh, one of the openers. But a lot okay. of stuff in the middle, like the, like the Bray Wyatt and Braun match, it wasn't up there. So there was Correct. definitely a lot of pre-tapes and then he has inserted things. Right, Correct. right. So so quickly, everybody, you know, based on whatever you watch or whatever you heard or whatever, you, you know, the highlights you may have seen, what did you learn about the initial steps of sporting events opening up for fans um, or how these businesses are being able to run um, based on now a, another sample dose of being able to operate in Florida. So I'm going to just be brief and say this proves to me that no matter what the show must go on, even mm-hmm. if it means a fighter testing positive for COVID and cornermen testing positive for COVID and still running a show. And I know we talked a couple of, a couple of episodes ago about what's it going to take for sports to kind of say, well, we're not that important right now. Mm-hmm. And we, we referenced maybe someone passing away because of contamination. So the show must go on because Dana was trying to do what Island Gate about three weeks ago. And now we have two successful UFC events in the bag. We've had empty arena shows in wrestling, Korean baseball, baseball potentially opening up in July with no fans in an 82 game season. So there are, and the NBA is probably going to be coming back in about a month. So sports will find a way. That's one of the first things that I've realized that, wow, I didn't even anticipate sports being around this quickly. Uh, So the show must go on for one. Number two, the fights from the UFC on Saturday, it's like it never left. There was was not much ring rust. There was not much fight rust. It, It was... Almost as if I was at a bar. Remember, I told you last week about the bar down the block. They were showing it, right? Don't tell me it was open. It was open, and they were showing it on the TVs on the patio. Wow! wow. Hey, hey, Damian, really quick to bounce off of that, I definitely seen some people. They were like, "Hey, who's having a fight party?" So even in the, in Maryland, people didn't care. It was like, "Hey, sports is back." Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch it. I, people were so used to the, even me, I was thinking to myself, like, all right, I'll probably go to Buffalo Wild because that's usually my routine. Obviously didn't. But it's like, you know, a lot of people <laughs> got back into their gnome of like, hey, a big fight's come on tonight. Got to make do. And I think even some of these businesses probably thought the same thing. Hey, either they're sponsored by them or it's just the routine and basically probably a big part of the revenue. And they just was like, Hey, we got to do this thing. So yeah, um, the, the restaurant was charging. Uh, I found out from the person in the front, they were charging 10 bucks a head to okay. watch the fight. Yeah. Uh, and it was strictly the patio and a, a portion of the indoor uh, part of the restaurant here. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that, you know, they want to make whatever money they can recoup back. But I think the biggest thing with me sports wise and in, in terms of wrestling too is, Dude, they're always going to find a way. They're always just mm-hmm. going to find a way to make yeah. something happen. And I'm impressed. Honestly, I'm impressed. I, 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 I'll say this really quick, too, because I want to uh, remember why I try to keep this, this stat in my head. We were talking about what type of numbers this was going to do. And I believe this did 700,000, which is pretty average um, and, and, mm-hmm. and solid to not have a Conor McGregor or any of that person caliber on the, on the car. So, and even with, you know, one of the um, top people being able to pull from the event the day before, um, they still did pretty solid pay-per-view numbers due to the circumstances. So that, that was impressive as well. And also I'll just quickly say for myself, 
not having an audience there, there's one thing I did not anticipate. And God, was it just so evident throughout the entire show. And it's just, it's like watching a 3D movie. When there's no crowd, you hear every punch, every kick, and it gets surreal. Because when somebody gets hurt, you're like, yep, I definitely heard that. <laughs> Here in the corner, man, everything. Yep, you, you heard that beating. And, it, and, it, and when they go to the corner, you're like, yeah, he's definitely grabbing that arm. I remember that hit. So, but you're you're right, Damien. It's like it's never left, and um, they I think they hand I think they really handled it really good. Just real quick, Damien, before I get to my point, how many people did they did you expect or did you know that they were there with the ten dollars ahead? I saw on the patio at least twenty people, and it seats about and it seats about thirty five. So and then from the window you can see a little bit of the people. There must have been at least twenty five people inside the restaurant. So about fifty some odd folk. When people were out for it, mm-hmm. right? No masks, uh, by the way. No masks. No masks. <laughs> Texas going to Texas. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Oh man. Uh, my point though. Uh, one thing. One of the things I've been really listening to, and I don't know how I got to liking this guy lately. Uh, Colin Cowherd, who's been speaking. I don't know why. Jesus Christ. Guy. Were you on the show? Were, were you on the show last week? I was on the show last week, and I know that's what it up. Based on Jamal's reaction, and once again, if we had an endorsement of Buffalo Wild Wings, that's out the window now, based on his facial reaction. Um, but but still. I, the, I, I, the Colin Cowherd endorsement was gone last week, 100%. That, I, that was gone last week, but I'm liking this guy more and more. But what? one of the things that I, I know... One of the things that he said, though, which made perfect sense during this time is guys that take risk right now is going to have the probably the biggest output of how successful it's going to be right now. So you look Mm -hmm. at Dana White, you look at Vince McMahon, they're taking risks right now saying the show must go on, like you said, Damien. So when we think about some of the other sports like basketball, football, baseball, that's trying to make their marks of when they do come back or when they will come back is the sports that are going to be most successful right now are the ones that are taking a risk. Look at NASCAR on Sunday. I guarantee NASCAR is going to do huge numbers on Sunday coming back in Darlington when they do their first race. I, I guarantee it. So it's like, once again, it's one of those little betting things. If you're a betting person, the more you bet, the higher your risk is, yes, but the bigger your output will be if you're successful. Um, and, and that's what it's going to be right now. I mean, look at how some of these states are opening back up slowly right now. Maryland's going to open back up with the extension of a couple of counties or cities that's not going to do it, but is that output going to be greater about the success that's going to come back with this turnaround? So it's going to be very critical right now to see what's going on. But the UFC and WWE are showing right now is when you take risk and you take it, calculate, get a calculated risk, you might have one or two people that, hey, they're not going to be able to do it because they tested positive, but the show is going to go on. Then it's going to be successful in a way, at least it's showing it right now. So I, I'm predicting that. They're just basically setting the stage for what can come in the future. And when we think about this, what are we going to say? Oh, WWE and UFC really paved the way. They really show how we can do this. So, I mean, it is what it is. But, I mean, granted, shows are being great just without fans. But like you said, just having no fans, it just well, makes it so weird. Well, well, well here's, here's the thing. And, and that's part of the question really quick, too, is that, you know, that's what risk and gambling is. You, yep. you, 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 you do the high bid. In order to get the high reward, and that's yep. what's happening right now. And even though you know, I'll say WWE is taking a marginalized risk. 
Um, UFC's taking a bigger, AEW's taking a, a middle gap, if you ask me, because some some fans are in the building. But, you know, obviously, we'll, we'll talk about testing a little bit. So maybe you offset that risk by, you know, your contingency plan in this situation. But at the same time, too, I mean, to be frank, all of us have been at home. Most of us haven't, you know, really been losing money, but these major businesses were losing major money by the day. So they were at the, they was at the blue, the um, the the chalkboard every day. Like, what do we got to do? And yep. now that they're able to perform, now that there's a little bit of light at the tunnel, everybody's running to it. So you, you like you said, it, it is a risk, but at this point now, it's really a calculated strategy that is going to turn some type of revenue. Otherwise, they wouldn't even be putting a, you know. They would they wouldn't even be putting this effort out there. Um and, and and to Damien's point too, UFC Island is still happening. They right now, like they the idea was so crazy bizarre. They're like, hey, we're doing this in September. We don't even care. We're gonna do this. So uh fire UFC Fire Festival is coming and uh, <laughs> good, good, good luck. <laughs> Talk about a risk. <laughs> but um Quickly, any any of you else have anything else to uh, to mention about UFC or the state of Florida right now, and um, or more sports opening up uh, as as uh, as more states are starting to open up as yeah, well too. I, I mean, all there really is to say is, I mean, what we've been saying from the beginning, Florida is being the litmus test yep. for this whole thing, for events running and trying to do this and finding a way to do it with, as you were just saying, some minimal risk involved. There's no way these events are going to keep happening without. Everyone, you know, you're not going to constantly have everyone passing everything. So there's going to be some outbreaks. Some people are going to get at this point, the way this stuff is out there, there's going to be some positive tests. And with the amount of people involved, I don't see how it's not going to happen. So much like the UFC this weekend, where you had the whole outbreak happen there with, with uh, Jacare Souza, it's like, it's going to happen. So it comes down to, okay, if it happens, a couple people get it. How do you minimize it? How do you contain it so the show can still go on? That's going to be the story going forward, whether it's NASCAR, whether it's baseball, if baseball starts up, just the sheer numbers of people involved, it's going to happen. That's going to be the story of our reality with sports going forward. And the only way it wouldn't happen is if you just don't run events. And I think we're at the point now that people are like, okay, Florida's going to let us run events. We're going to dip our toe in. We're going to try and do it. And then it's just a matter of other states are going to go the same way and allow it or not. So interesting times. Florida's uh, kind of making the blueprint for how to do and, this stuff right now. And just to add to that, add Arizona to the list too. Watch Arizona mm-hmm. going to be the next spot because they opened up for professional sports now because they say uh, you can get on some of that action too. L.A. said absolutely not. Boston has straight up said nothing to Labor Day. So SummerSlam's out of Boston now. Ain't yeah. going to happen there. So. Jamal, you want to jump in there with something really quick? Um, fuck Colin Cowherd. Dude's a prick. <laughs> that's, that's number one. Um, the second thing is, fuck Colin Cowherd. Dude's a prick. <laughs> I mean, he's a hack bullshit Jim Rome wannabe who doesn't know his elbow from his ass. And I don't know how anybody, like, anybody with a pulse that can listen to this guy. But I digress. Um, about the Florida thing and sports opening, uh, let us not forget, and, and let's just, your life does not matter. McMahon over the year has proven time and time again mm-hmm. that your life, you, the individual, is forfeit. It doesn't matter if you get sick. It doesn't matter if you get tested because he believes and all the other businesses believe that it's not about the sport. It's about the money. Mm-hmm. And they know that you, the zombie fan of any sport, will come dragging your hairy knuckles back to the gate 
to go watch to get a sniff of a glimpse of a sound of the product. And that's stupid. And as much as I love sports, and I love the sports that I love as much as anybody loves everything else that they love, we do not have a cure. We do not have a vaccine. We can't even get tested regularly. And that depends on where you live. And there's kids in New York that are coming up with some crazy new illness. There are people in Russia that are having you know, 10,000 new cases a day. It's around the world. And, the, and people are saying that in, the, in lieu of the fact that we don't have a cure, we don't have generic certified testing, uh, wholesale testing that we can do easily and at the home. The most important things when people mind are the fact that Labor Day, not Labor Day, Memorial Day is in two weeks. I need to get my barbecue on and I need to watch the fight with some dry ass buffalo wings from Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> I've never seen wild Buffalo Wild Wings actual wet barbecue wings that come with wet wipes. Got a coupon for you. The wings. I don't know where show. We we may we may have an opening on the show next week. Buffalo Wild Wings, specifically in Rockville. Has the driest <laughs> wild buffalo wings that I've ever had in my life. It's like they dipped them in sand, hey, in hey, barbecue flavored sand. Hey, let me tell you something. I only go there for the beer and for to watch the event. Anybody that know me and know me personally, especially some of the people uh, from the independent wrestling scene in this area, knows that me and Ariel Nitz would tell you this is the the craziest story ever. Me and Buffalo Wild Wings do not go hand in hand. Definitely have way too many incidents at that place, and I don't want no parts of it. But if you think Jamal by any stretch is exaggerating, Buffalo Wild Wings is literally the only place I've ever had a and immediately was like, oh, this is not sitting well. And five minutes later, my oh, soul yeah. was out of me. <laughs> I mean, I sang soon. Mortal Kombat 11 coming out. <laughs> it's it's the Colin Cowherd of bullshit party places. Oh. <laughs> Look, really quickly because we're gonna move forever. Really quickly because nobody mentioned money in the bank. What did you think about how it was handled? It was in two locations, as you said, pre-tape, live. So a mix of a combination of things. I, we've even talked about how WrestleMania possibly could have did that. Obviously, they've done it now. Uh, but overall, what was your reaction? I'll just quickly say that um, the uniqueness and the money in the bank uh, match itself, um, they sold it high. I think it under-delivered as far as where they were pitching this at. But as far as it providing the job that it needed to do and handle with, with you know, the rewards of winning the money in the bank, I'll, I'll, I'll say, like, I like the story that came out of it. I like, I like Otis winning. Uh, mm-hmm. Oscar, and we've seen how that already has paid results. I, I, I'm just going to throw stories out here right now. I haven't fantasy booked in a while, but I know a lot of people. And I, matter of fact, it's kind of funny. I seen somebody like say like last week, like, oh, I think I never see Otis as a world champion. Obviously, that's pretty synonymous with winning. <laughs> the, winning the money in the bank means you're you're about ninety percent chance if you win, unless you're uh, King Corbin or so, a few other people. But also, I don't think he's one of those people that probably will. It is what it is. But I actually think that they're going to use that money in the bank as collateral with a match. It's probably with Dolph. Ugh. And Dolph having it. And we've seen what happened the last time Dolph having it and Magic with that. So I'm, now, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. like, again, as we've seen the execution of what happened after this as being a good story with Oscar, I think for the people that's like, I'm not so high on Otis win. I think there might be something else being worked upon. They don't have to execute it right now, but I think there's probably going to be something a little bit 
um, uh, interesting that comes out of that. And I, and I, and I, you know, who knows? Because for the people that's involved in that story with Sonya Deville and Manny Rose, it, it could definitely mm-hmm. be interesting. You're mm-hmm. not going to break up heavy machinery, way too much steam in that tag team right now. So um, I'm just, I, I, you know, we'll see how that plays. But as, again, as far as for the, 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 the match and the pay-per-view itself, the pay-per-view was whatever. The match was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think from the success of the years before, we always say money in the bank is like the honorary five. The fifth of the big four didn't feel like it this week. You know what I mean? And and again, I know a lot of people who say, well, the crowd absence plays a part. But the other thing was pre-take. And we're talking about, well, we're talking about some of the best productions out there on, on, on television scale. I mean, ESPN is, and Disney is obviously the mecca. WWE has got to be like right, right there. And it just wasn't there for me. I, I I feel like you know somebody was running around with their with their Ronin ass and recording. It just wasn't. It, it didn't feel like a heavy duty production. So much like the Undertaker match, I didn't feel myself like really invested with the production that they could have done um, with that match. And considering what they recorded that like two weeks ago, they mm-hmm. definitely had time to do razzle dazzle post production, whatever it may have been. So. You know, that's just my quick thoughts on on, on the pay per view itself. But I am interested to see what happens in the future with the story and I love what happened with Oscar. All right, we'll see what happens with Otis. Yeah, I think you pretty much nailed it. I agree. It, it wasn't was it a great pay per view? No. Was it yeah. bad? No. It was kind of just there in the middle. They could have done more with the whole office building, WWE headquarters, money in the bank concept. But what they did wasn't bad. I, I thought it was okay. Hell, the biggest pluses I'll give, I love Otis winning because like you just said to James, there's a lot of moving parts surrounding mm-hmm. him. You got Mandy, you got Dolph, you got Sonya, you got all the, you got Tucker involved there too. So it's like there's a lot of moving parts that they could use to influence uh, Otis or manipulate Otis in a lot of different ways. So there's a lot they can do with it and there's no rush on having to go there yet. So Otis in the bank, I'm all for it. I think there's a lot, a lot of storyline potential there. Honestly, the hell, the biggest thing that I loved about that pay-per-view, it was 9:30 and it was done. Man. So, two and a half hours. <laughs> it, was, it was quick, it was in and out. And I don't know if that was Vince being like, we don't want to go up against the last dance, so let's get it done. But hey, I thought the, the show didn't drag. So I'll give it, it that. I, it was it was a, it was a perfectly fine show. Was it great? No, it was perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good all with right. that. Will I, I agree 100. I think well, what I'll throw in is just the way Otis won the the briefcase by accident. Pretty much was hilarious, and I thought mm-hmm. it fit Otis the character. Uh, mm-hmm. Baron Corbin got his heat by throwing people six feet to their doom over <laughs> you know over over the rails or whatever. The second roof. The second roof. Yes, <laughs> the right. siding of the roof. Uh, the one the one thing I actually took from it, aside from all that, is Bray Wyatt versus the Fiend. You know, character versus character. This him wrestling like Mister Rogers. I don't know if I like it yet. I think it's, I think it's run its course for me for him to wrestle as Mister Rogers. I, I think there there has to be a different alter ego to the Fiend than just him in khakis and a red sweater, and <laughs> being all happy go lucky and getting his ass kicked. Uh, but overall, you know, I think like everyone's saying, it was a, it was a decent show. Flew by. I actually tuned in late and thought, did I did I miss something? You know, I thought I had I had the wrong time difference because I'm over here in Central Time. 
And then I tuned into the last dance. So you know what? Thank you, WWE. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I, I'll hand this off to Jamal, but in case anybody who has not been listening or watching our last two episodes, we kind of like to break it up with a, a little bit of a fun segment that I think, you know, we have a lot of fun with. If you don't have a lot of fun with anything, who cares? But we do. So we're going to just ease things just a little bit. And I'll let Jamar introduce what this is all about. So if you are unfamiliar, you can basically request for a pretty penny, depending on who it is, a cameo where they give a generally within reason, whatever you want, a birthday shout out, a hello. It's honestly, it's the 2020 version of, hey, my voicemail is going off. Can you say a hi to it? Can you be my answering service? And <laughs> and I am that old too. I am that yeah. old. <laughs> so, and that's that's what it is. And a lot of people from all different walks of life that from Z level entertainers that are you know huge in Antarctica to legit <laughs> entertainers that you know has another revenue source. These are people that have. Uh, engaged in cameo and are charging on their prices uh what they want to get you the loyal customer to get them to say hi to you so if you are the blue meanie how much are you charging for a cameo blue Blue meanie i'm that's got to be down there so so um, so anybody listening, this is your chance. As as Jamal name all people, we do the over and under on um people that well, he names. For, for, now, for, for right now, I, I'm just gonna need the price. Okay. But <laughs> up with a couple, uh we'll switch into a couple over under, but I have a couple prices and I have okay. a couple of comparisons. So for the blue mini specifically, how much do you think he's charging? One twenty. No, I, I'm gonna go twenty five. I was gonna go ten. Yeah, I'm at I'm at twenty here. Twenty five dollars is absolutely dead on, Will. There nice. you go. <laughs> <laughs> one for me. And one of the win more. You can so get more, actually. That's weird. <laughs> I, I think he could. I think he could. Um, do you think he can get as much as Mandy Rose? How much do you think that she's uh, asking for? I I'll pay two hundred for that. <laughs> <laughs> Mandy? But this is just a cameo. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Only fans. <laughs> like, uh, I, I, I'll, I'll say about eighty for Mandy. Seventy-five for me. Yeah, M- Mandy. I'm gonna say I'm I, I'm with silly sells. I'm gonna go seventy-five. Yeah, I'll go around eighty-five, seventy-five around there. Okay, both all of you are close, but actually under because Mandy Rose is charging one crisp Benjamin Franklin for that one hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And actually, a lot good of for people, Mandy. Yeah, a lot of people have settled. Uh, on that hundred dollar mark, and we'll you know get to the some of those in the future. But Mandy Rose or Eva Marie, who do you think? Oh, we know that Mandy Rose is at at a hundred. Is Eva Marie higher or lower than Mandy Rose? Higher, higher, higher. higher. That girl thinks she money. She hot. I know yes. it's my bias saying lower, so I'm gonna say lower because it's my. Yeah, bias. I'm, I'm I'm definitely going with Eva Marie being at like a buck sixty here. Okay, so Mandy Rose charges a hundred. Eve Marie is lower at seventy-five dollars. Really? I am surprised. I'm surprised. So with Eve Marie at seventy-five dollars, who do you think is higher? Is it um, who do you think not necessarily is higher? Is Tyra Taya Valkyrie 
of uh, Impact Knockouts champion? Is she higher or lower or the same as Eve Marie? Lower. Ooh. I go lower. I'm going lower. I'm thinking around 50. You said well, she yeah. was 70, 75 was Eva Marie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I got I'm I'm gonna guess Taya is a Chris Buck too. Yeah. Well, I said higher, lower, or the same, and none of you said the same. She is actually also seventy-five dollars. Okay. Mm. That's that's better money well spent than Eva Marie. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I would I would be very fond of having E. Marie and whatever she says voice over in it and just boo it the entire time. I mean, how how amazing would that be? Can I get mm-hmm. her announcer to do the cameo voiceover of Eva Marie? If I <laughs> okay, I mean, I, I think I think it'll work out. Uh, Lita, now Ooh. I'll give you I'll give you this I'll, I'll give you that Lita's charging hundred bucks. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I, I would have guessed that easily. I, I give you leaders charging a hundred bucks, but who do you think is Curtis Axel charging more or less than Lita? Less, <laughs> less. <laughs> all right, all right. Here, here it is. I'm gonna say more based on his name. Less. You ain't getting Mr. Perfect for a hundred bucks. <laughs> You're not getting Mr. Perfect unless you have an exorcist. <laughs> I'd pay a hundred bucks for the corpse of Mr. Perfect to say hello to me, but yeah, that's that's a way under here. Yeah, well, it's not. It's actually not way under. Curtis Axel, seventy five dollars. If you want to, if you want him to say hi to you, mm-hmm. right? That's okay. kind of what I thought too. Um, a guy that's not a wrestler, but he definitely worked for WWE for a long time. How much do you think Jonathan Coachman is, is charging? For a cameo, <laughs> fifty bucks. ESPN, ESPN. ESPN. I'm, I'm uh, going to, I'm going to put him at seventy-five too. I'm going to go hundred. I'm going to say one fifty. He actually only needs twenty-five dollars. Yeah. What? <laughs> a steal. Which makes sense because he's the coach. ESPN money. <laughs> what a good right. guy. What a good guy. We met that right. guy. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, sure good guy. Uh, and this is this would be the last one. Who do you think is charging more? The coach at $25 or the great Kali? <laughs> great Kali. Great Kali is a former WWE champion. He better Damn be right charging more. The coach. The coach. Push. They're the same. Push. Great Kali is definitely higher than $25. He's once 50 bucks. There you go. 50 bucks. And that's, you know, a number of people have charging. Uh, you know, a pretty decent amounts. Like, actually, some people are a lot lower than I thought that they should be. Mm. Some people are a lot higher than I think they should be. But we will all discuss it as the wheel of cameo rolls along. <laughs> I tell you what, I, I I wouldn't mind spending that hot twenty five and say, Coach, man, cut us a cut us an intro for the show, man. That that'd be cool. I mean, that's what some people are doing anyway. So, but uh, yeah, it, it got to make sense. Twenty five is not bad, but no way a hundred. Well, I got a question for y'all though. So. If we were all making our own cameos, right? Oh. <laughs> How much would you feel comfortable charging internet folk or just your your friends and family? Seven thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Same whatever whatever MJF is charging. 
Really? $10,000? Yeah, right there with it. (laughs) Very comfortable in that one. I I would parlay mine into like giving quick therapy for like $25 because that's what they're really paying for. It's not me saying hello. It's (laughs) this is what your problem is. Let me diagnose it for 30 seconds. So that way you get more people to do it, huh? There you go. (laughs) I got you. You Repeat business. (laughs) So... Let's, uh, yeah, again, each and every week, we're going to be trying to have some fun with a <laughs> guest that cameo price. So, uh, stay tuned for that. But let's transition to the second half of the show for tonight. So, um, the first thing I'm going to talk about, and absolutely on YouTube, the, our, our entire, excuse me, I'm about to call <coughs> our entire, Uh-oh. um, review of this, this, this week's Dark Side of the Ring episode is up there. And I don't even want to talk about that. Two things I want to talk about is next week is going to be the finale. It's all mm-hmm. that's going to be something. We'll we'll be we'll be back to talk about that. That's also not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is this little tidbit that happened during this episode. That if you watch my review, you already know what I'm gonna say. But I, I I literally was like scratching my head for a second, like what? Like how was this? How was this information even? needed in this episode but goddamn did I need it <laughs> like I really needed and that's when the godfather had his 10 seconds of shine it was like you know so the godfather first story I forget what episode it was but the godfather first first episode that he appeared in on season 2 uh was definitely like legit like respected you know his 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 testimony about it um, what he did, um, you know, before he got arrested, and that was all cool and all. So Godfather back and he introduces himself, and he's like, "Oh, I used to work at a strip club, blah blah blah." I'm like, "All right, well, we're just gone." And then he was like, "So Vince McMahon is <laughs> in the strip club, and Vince McMahon, he said everybody was having fun doing drugs and drinking. I, th- I think he said that, or at least the the conception that everyone was having fun doing whatever Boys your choice, yeah, whatever your choice of things were to do." But he said he looked over at his boss, the CEO of WWF, Vince McMahon, got, us all, got up on the table in his Vince McMahon voice and says, everybody give me your finisher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he took the Tuesday device from the road warrior. <laughs> in a strip club. Yep. In the strip club. <laughs> I have definitely heard this story before from uh, Bret Hart, because apparently Bret Hart got to give him the heart attack clothesline. <laughs> Denied heart holding him up there for it and stuff. So it's definitely vouched for by multiple people that Vince will take your finisher if he is in the proper mood. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah, that that was funny. I just wanted to mention that that episode, you should definitely check out last week's episode and get get prepared. Um, last week's episode, last this week's review, excuse me, this week's episode, this week's review to get prepared for the finale for next week because it's on heart. There's apparently yeah. going to be some un- unreleased footage for it, so it's, it's definitely going to be the icing on the cake that everyone's been looking forward to for this ep- for that for this season. But um, moving forward now, so the the theme for this is double standard. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, we know how the internet loves that. Yeah. <sighs> In particular, with double standard, we're going to talk about WWE here. And the double standard that's in question is what is happening with Sami Zayn and an Intercontinental Championship. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. The reason why this is a double standard, because unless you've been under a rock or if you have wrestling short-term memory like most people do, is that Sami Zayn is unable to defend his Intercontinental Championship 
And if I'm if I'm not mistaken, this is his first singles title, right? Yep. It is. Yep. It so is. this this means a lot to him. Um, and you know, as far as them getting that uh, stable over and even get to this point is this miraculous. Sammy's been doing hella work since he's been back. So it is what it is. It, we'll, we'll talk about it in a second. But the double standard is that Sami Zayn has got to vacate his Intercontinental Championship because he's unable to defend it. In short-term memory, uh, Jordan Devlin has been able to defend his Cruiserweight Championship, thus a Cruiserweight Championship tournament for the inaugural, I mean, for the um, interim championship is happening. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of a distant past, Brock Lesnar, who has appeared, I'm not going to sit here and be one of those people that's going to act like Brock is the worst, because I like Brock. So that's just that. And even if I didn't like Brock, I, I understand what his position is in the company and what is he does. But Brock, nonetheless, is not a part-timer at the time. He was there each and every week that he was supposed to. And if not, you know, if he didn't wrestle, never defended on Raw, I wouldn't have him face every weekend, too. I was a guy. But regardless, he was there, but he didn't defend it. Thus, people are, you know, you know, looking at the parallels to that and saying, well, he didn't defend his for X amount of many days. He got to keep it. Uh, whatever, whatever. And there's more examples I know you guys are going to have. The double sta- The question at hand is that, is this a double standard? Why is it a double standard? Or just overall, what's your thoughts about this? And I'm going to direct this one to Jamal first on his thoughts of this predicament with Sami Zayn and how de- WWE is handling it. Well, the short answer is, is that no, there's not a double standard. I mean, it would be different if this was a democratic process where people could actually vie for whatever positions they were in. Uh, but people talk about grabbing the brass ring and doing all these things. When the bottom line is, is that there's a one person audience that you need to win. It doesn't matter how many people tune in. It doesn't matter how many clicks or likes that you get on YouTube or Twitch or whatever. It's just a matter of is the old man in the back, the two tone tie happy. <laughs> and if he is win. and if it ain't, uh Oh, you may have a problem. And that's kind of what it is. And if a person is given more leeway, to do something, that's because Vince sees value on him. And if a person isn't, that's because Vince doesn't have anything for you. And how many times have we literally heard those words, we don't have anything for you. It doesn't matter how much talent you have or who you know or what you do. Does Vince like you or not? So if there is a double standard, uh, it's because it's Vince's world and you will actively agree to play in it. So it is what it is. Does it have to be fair? It doesn't matter because it's what Vince says, and that's what it is. Yep. Long and short of it, that really nails it. That that was the thing that was getting me this week as people were getting worked up about this, and they're pointing out the other examples like to James Starr with, oh, you got Andrade who had to go away for 30 days, and they didn't strip him of the U.S. title. And then you got Jordan Devlin getting the interim cruiserweight title going on and then of course everyone loves to throw out brock lesnar as getting to you know do whatever he wants the difference is really between all them and what's happening with sammy here is wwe has no hard and fast rules they can handle these situations however they want if in nxt they want to do an interim championship because jordan devlin can't get into the country right now they can do that But make no mistake, by that same token, they are under no obligation to do that. If Triple H wanted to say, screw it, strip him, he can do that. 
There's nothing to stop him from doing that, but he decided to do it that way. So there you go. Brock Lesnar comes and goes and would be gone for months at a time. And people are like, oh, there's a 30-day rule. There's no 30-day rule. If they want him to keep the belt, he keeps the belt. If they want to take it off him, they take it off him. That's up to them. Is it fair? I wouldn't say it's necessarily unfair. It's just the way they do business. It's how they handle things. And it's just a matter of what they want to do at a given time. Maybe Vince has some idea for something he wants to do with the Intercontinental title. And maybe he's thinking, hey, then Sami Zayn can eventually return and he can be, you know, the uncrowned or never defeated for the Intercontinental title. I don't know. Maybe he's got some idea in play here. We don't know what Vince is thinking or, you know, a lot of people want to say it's punishment. I don't know. But to go back to Brock Lesnar as an example, every damn time Brock Lesnar has not had that title, there's been tons of people always been saying, oh, they should strip him of the belt. He's never around. So when it's certain people, people want to see him get stripped of the title. When it's other people, oh, it's an outrage. This is wrong. <laughs> so there's no hard and fast rules on this sort of thing. But it is what it is, you know? There's... So- where in the WWE this, rule book does it say he has to keep the belt? Right. This this is the same case of the this person should be in the Hall of Fame. Like, there's never been guidance on there. So, like, you can't necessarily say how somebody should be when it was yep. never ever defined what it is. So, <laughs> what's on point with that one? But go ahead, Damien. I I just like to just know why are people surprised by this? I mm-hmm. this is not out of the norm. We have been seeing this. For years in all wrestling promotions, not just WWE, where people randomly behind the scenes may have ruffled some feathers and they either get a D push, a title strip, or they just don't, to Jamal's point, they got nothing for you. Mm -hmm. So I think all the people who are complaining about Sammy getting stripped, and I I love Sammy Zayn, the worker. He's in the wrong promotion if he wants to do the work. Let's just put it out there. Do all these people who are complaining about, are they going to stop watching now because their fave got stripped of the title? No, they're not. You just want to puff your chest on social media, bang your chest and say, oh, if WWE, they're bullshit, blah, blah, blah. You're not going to stop watching. That's not going to get a hashtag cancel the network going again. (laughs) I miss those. Those I do miss those for viable reasons. $9.99. But for, for your fave getting the belt taken, yes, Am I annoyed for Sami Zayn, the, the, the wrestler? Yes. Am I affected by it? No. The interesting part is, if it does have something to do with Sami's recent commentary on American politics and people that are friends with the McMahons backstage or offstage, that would be an interesting development for me as a person to know about. But other than that, mm. it doesn't really bother me. I'm not surprised. It's Vince's rules. That's, that's what he wanted to do. Okay, next. And I'll just add this real quickly. What's a great way to get cheap content during this pandemic? Strip somebody of the title, have a tournament. You can have that on Fox, have that on SmackDown. And once again, what's the reason for not holding it? Sammy can't come on uh, the show anyway. So make a competition for it and try to use some other wrestlers to see to compete for it. So, okay. I mean, like, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, DJ. I was going to say, here's my thing. If you forgot, when Sammy came back, I mean, he had this rebellion type of gimmick going on anyway. Mm-hmm. It fits right yep. into it. So him not having it and chasing, it works for me. So at, at this point now, it's still all wrestling to me. He can be outraged and mad on Twitter, but it all works. <laughs> it all works. For him, it works. Not for everybody else who gets on Twitter and, out, and get outraged. But for Sammy, this is going to work. So, you know, we'll see if that's how they end up playing it. But at the same time, they're bringing light to it. So, hey, you can't work. We've seen the we've seen the internet do wonders for one of their biggest stars and Becky Lynch. So, Sammy, 
why he can't do anything, let him ride this out. Let WWE make keep making statements about it and whatever whatever it is. And when things go back to this new norm, then yeah, we'll 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 he'll get back to work. So I'm not look all this hoopla and and, and like you said, puffing their chest out about it irrelevant to me. Absolutely mm-hmm. irrelevant. But um, let's 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 kind of get into um our last little bit of things that we're getting close to our time. Now this is this is something that. <laughs> I, I think initially, okay. So we knew that there was going to be a big announcement on NXT last <laughs> week, uh, last night. Excuse me, last night. What's today? Yeah, last night. Sorry, <laughs> and it was going to be by DX. So uh, for the members of DX who are still employed by WWE, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and Road Dogg, um, they had a little segment during NXT, and they made the announcement that NXT Takeover. In your house will be their next event come June seventh. So that's right. NXT Takeover in your house will be the next pay per view for the NXT brand. They have already had to cancel two. Uh, well, NXT had to cancel one. NXT UK had to cancel one. So they're all they're they're, they're all steams ahead for this one. Uh, but in case you guys are some young bucks out there, not the not the wrestlers, but just of age, um, have no clue. In your house is a, a little <laughs> sentiment part of our childhood that yep. we all hold dear to us in one way, shape, or form. Rather it be the video game, rather it just be the, the pay per view itself. Not to mention, they also tried to sell some merch for WrestleMania uh, 36 with the In Your House uh, logo on it. So, you know, that was cool. Actually, you know, once that dropped to like $5, if it haven't already, I need to check. I would definitely get one of those. But now this NXT one, I absolutely need this. But nonetheless, guys, just quickly, and again, I'm going to throw this to Jamal first. Uh, quickly, because he's been, he has an interesting take on this. And if you haven't heard previous shows, like, this is something he's kind of been saying, hey, they should they should have done uh, mm-hmm. initially with the pandemic, but now we're here. But uh, everybody, really quickly, because we're getting short up on our time, what is your reaction to hearing NXT take over in your house? Well, for me, the biggest thing is that it's a surprise because I haven't heard the In Your House brand in about 10 years or so. It was like a random pay-per-view. That was going to be an in your house, and then they then it didn't happen. Uh, but the long and short of it is, is that I like the idea, I like the concept, and especially with these uh, time, this quarantine time that we're living in, it would be cool if WWE actually went to someone's home, wherever it was, broadcasted mm-hmm. segments from there, um, did a whole thing, you know, had the match, had a basically a watch party. And that's what in your house basically was. And in some cases, it literally was at somebody's house. Um, the best example of what happens to this this time is uh, Hockey Day in America, where NBC and their corporate sponsors will go to a small town and play hockey and set up a big deal and make it a big festival. Uh, college football does the same thing with their pregame show on Saturdays, where they just go into a town and just take it over. And it's a big deal for the game. The game could be at night, but the bottom line is that college football today is is emanating from this town. Yeah. And I would like to see it. Now, the question is, what does that do for the legacy of TakeOver? TakeOver has really come into its own in its short four or five years that it's been in existence, six years maybe, that it's been in existence. And it's become the event that we expect TakeOver to be. 
we don't need take. I don't need takeover to be in your house, and I don't need in your house to be a takeover. Basically, Roadblock should have been in your house. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> Battleground should have been in your house. Great it's not. They were cheaper pay per views, some under twenty bucks, if I remember correctly. Fifteen. Right. So they were a cheaper pay per view. It was somewhere between uh, a low level pay per view and a good house show. And it was just in your house. So the, it, that's what it was. And it wasn't like the biggest deal if you missed it, but it was a good opportunity to see something extra. So, like, so, so to be clear, you call, you're calling this an oxymoron then? No, not at all. What, to, be, to be clear, I'm questioning the logic behind it because what does that do for the legacy of TakeOver? As In Your House was already known as a step below your typical pay-per-view. It, it wasn't, it was, you know, like Tuesday nights in Texas or, you know, Shotgun Saturday night. These are secondary shows to Raw and then later on SmackDown. And now we have In Your House as that equivalent to pay-per-view where TakeOver is top-notch stuff. So what does that do for a legacy of TakeOver when you're putting this secondary moniker on it that really doesn't need to be there? So I kind of, as much as I would like to see it and I'm and interested that it's coming back, also, I'm kind of fearful that they'll half-ass it like they did at WrestleMania and say that this is WrestleMania in name only, lacking any attempt at any of the pageantry and anything else that they've done to make it really what it is. If they don't have a big-ass house on the set at for sale that somebody opens the door and walk out of, I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah. Hey, star, is star, is star cast happening, star K, excuse me, happening all over Mm-hmm. When they when they brought that up, uh, that's, uh, that's right. Not... When they brought up Starcade, it was like, oh, yo, Starcade's yeah, happening, yeah. Uh-huh. and then Starcade was literally a house show to spite WrestleCon. Yeah, and exactly. it's like, well, what are you doing it for then? Yeah, because the last Starcade I went to was Bret Hart versus Goldberg here in at 2001, and that was like Hart's last match. Yeah, so that's the Starcade that I remember. Not, you know, a house show in North Carolina. Just about spite an indie show, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I hope that NXT Takeover doesn't suffer uh, any. You know, I don't want to say um, negative press because it's going to be a, it's going to be the show that's going to be the show. But I just hope that it doesn't taint the legacy of Takeover by calling it in your house. Yeah, and and, and really quickly too, because I know you guys want to jump in there. I, I, I say this in the chat before we got started for the show. Triple H made a lot of emphasis on the one more time aspect of this. I, I do not understand where am I supposed to go with that. One more time as in takeovers, one more time as in pay-per-views, period, for, and I, I don't know what that means. But he he he, he, reiter- he reiterated it three times, I believe, mm-hmm. to make a point about something. So, you know, you guys, again, give your reactions to it, but if you can answer that as well, uh, the, the, the three of you guys, um, that, well, go ahead and uh, do that. Yeah, no, it was a, it was an awkward announcement in yeah. some ways because he threw out the whole thing about, you know, okay, we're coming back with takeover one more time. And this time, because of the current situation, it's going to be takeover in your house. And then they throw up the old school in your house graphic. But outside of that, there was no explanation given about what is going to be different about this. There was no tease given of any sort. Heck the very first in your house was called in your house because WWF gave away a house. Yeah. <laughs> it, was a, 
it was literally a contest to give away a house. And that's where the whole name came from. And they only did it that first time, but then they kept it going after that. But that's where the in your house name came from. So are they going to do something crazy? Are they going to go, like Jamal said, are they going to go visit a house? Are they going to have like a fan interaction aspect of this? What's going to separate it from a regular old show to give it the in your house name? I want to see, like you were just saying with that damn set, I want to see the old school in your house set with the darn house up at the top of the ramp with the bay window that Undertaker <laughs> will throw somebody through. I want to see, they need to dig out Todd Pettengill and Stephanie Wyand to give oh, away man. a house like they did on the first In Your House. Give away a condo or something in Florida. Come on now. Do something for these people during these hard times. If you're going to call it In Your House, it's got to be something different and not just a regular old version of TakeOver with the In Your House sticker in the corner. That's my thoughts. But they got three weeks to figure that out. So give me something, Triple H. And I think that's you hit the nail on the head right there. They probably don't even know what they're going to do yet. They're nah, just throwing so out the name, and they're like, "Shit, we got three weeks to figure this out." So what are we going to do? <laughs> so right. maybe they will build like some publishers' clearinghouse style arena setup, or maybe they'll give away a publishers' clearinghouse check or or a housing. No market Steve Harvey, style. please. No Steve Harvey. No, no, no Steve Harvey. <laughs> the housing market is cheap. Maybe they do give away a house now because of the pandemic. Who knows? But I think. To Jamal's point, I'm not expecting this to be a major takeover-esque event because I think a lot of the takeover events is because of the fans being there and that energy. That's what makes it a really good takeover. I think this is one of those takeover house shows where since they're not touring, they can do B-plus players on the NXT roster, and maybe a lot of us don't see them on Wednesday nights. For instance, Ali is one of those people. Maybe she makes it to take over in your house. And if, if that's the way that, that gets someone on air, cool. If it makes Robert Stone a more household name because it's in your house and some C-list NXT star, I'm all for it. But I am, to Will's point, I, I, I'm willing to bet they don't know what they're going to do. They just said, crap, let's take the name just to throw it on a T-shirt, and then we're going to sell it. You you, yeah. you, you, and this, you and this Aaliyah thing, man. <laughs> I don't like her, dude. I don't like you, her. You and this Aaliyah thing. I, she's, I, she's not good. She's trash. Her, her gear, her gear has been amazing. Also, that match she had uh, with like with Caden Carter on NXT this week was was pretty solid. So I'll just I'll, add I'll this. Give her a for that. Go ahead, go ahead, Sally. I, I just add this real quick. I, I have no, even though the the nostalgic piece is there, I just think it's going to be a takeover in your house show. That's it. I just <laughs> think it's just going to be a house show that, that you'll see that take over with the name on it. But if he didn't get that in, then he would have been. We we'd be like, Sally, she coming on for the show next week? Nah, guys, nope. I, I'm busy. No, nope. <laughs> I don't got. <laughs> He'd be writing his own. Like, Dave, let me get my pun in. <laughs> That's it. That's all I wanted. That's watch, a pun. Watching your, watch your Colin Carver, man. <laughs> Thank and you. Then, Hey, let me get my brother. All right, really quickly, guys. Let's let's wrap up with some little bit of news and other things going on. So, really quickly, you guys been catching up with this Leo Rush and Mark Henry beef? If you haven't, just check out the Twitter. Um, that's not important because it is what it is. You interested in beefs and stuff? Go check that out on the Twitter page. What is interesting is Leo Rush's album. Now, I don't know about you guys. I like wrestling and I like music. And I, there, there is no like, hey, because he's a wrestler, I like his stuff. As a complete body of work, that album is phenomenal. I, I, I am all I'm. I was vibing to it 
the entire day. I, I like what he's doing for his debut first album. Um, so I think he has a lot of upside. But the other interesting thing is Leo seems to be trending towards the avenue of possibly what retiring because he had all his merch for sale. <laughs> uh, all his gear for sale. So I'm uh, curious to see how that's going to play out. But yes, he just dropped his album. He has his beef with Mark Henry going on right now, and he's selling his merch. My man is like, he's he's living his best quarantine life right now. He's he's working on all avenues. So, uh, yeah, forever that's where. But the next thing, uh, really quickly, is this news has come about with Vince McMahon and the XFL. So, Jamal, I'll let you definitely go over that really fast. I missed okay. the XFL, by the way. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, we all do. Uh, the big thing about XFL is that Oliver Luck, who was the former general manager, commissioner of the XFL, he was fired um, as the league dissolved. Uh, Luck filed for a wrongful termination suit, and Vince McMahon has finally responded. Now, the long and short of it is, is that McMahon said that uh, Luck was acting negligent towards the business. Um, Luck went to work from home. McMahon had a beef with that, wrote that down. Luck signed uh, former Browns uh, wide receiver uh, Callaway, Anthony Callaway, uh, who has you know some issues, some legal issues and stuff like that. And that was another red flag for McMahon, who said, no, we're not hiring trouble, trouble guys, uh, no matter who they are. And then, of course, um, Luck may have used a personal um, a company iPhone negligently. <laughs> But what about our emails, man? You know, it may have been a situation like that, which is another strike against him. So Luck wants all the money that he's owed, which is somewhere around $24 million over five years. Um, Luck wants Luck needs that now. McMahon is like, how about no? And they're eventually going to go to court over that. And, and, and they're going to just have to determine, well, did he, did McMahon have cause to fire um, Andrew, uh, Oliver Luck and, Luck says no, McMahon says yes, and honestly, they will have to fight it out in court. I think the interesting thing about this is, as we learn, what does this mean for McMahon's other legal issues? As, of course, the XFL has like securities issues and stuff like that, and who knew what? Did his, um, the board of WWE know how much of their money would be involved in XFL? It's it's a lot. It's It's a web, and McMahon is going to have to figure that out. Um, something else in, in news unrelated. Uh, the COVID testing is going on. Everybody's getting tested if you're coming into the building. Uh, UFC is saying that they're doing 1,200 tests a week. Um, AEW is testing literally everyone that comes into the building. WWE, not testing anybody, apparently, according to Dave Meltzer of the Your Wrestling Observer. Grandpappy mm. Dave says that WWE isn't doing any uh, COVID testing. And... <laughs> Um, that's a Vince, that's a Vince call. What could possibly go wrong? Also in news, Robert Gronkowski of your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> he is your 24 seven champion and hopefully the last one, uh, as he may take the belt to the NFL with him. He did a big <laughs> splash off the uh, crow's nest and the, in uh, the performance center onto the crowd of people. And apparently he was scared shitless, and I don't blame him because that 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 dive nearly killed Elias Sampson. So <laughs> facts. 
So with that said, oh, no, nah, we saw that. Nah, <laughs> we saw that call. I mean, no, that's, that definitely was, but I didn't want to cough like into my microphone because I'm not a heathen. But the bottom line is, is that uh, Clorox wipe it, please. Uh, first of all, I got, I got real stuff here. So come on, it's not a gay. I mean, I, I got my gloves. <laughs> There'll be no COVID transmissions through the internet. No COVID I mean, over there. Do I, need, do I need to put on my mask? You said night. COVID <laughs> free since when now? 83. We doing we doing the mask now? Is that what we doing? <laughs> but the idea is that the um, uh, Gronkowski did this big splash, and apparently it took some major coaxing. As Vince McMahon got his seventy-four-year-old ass up there and did the dive himself. And Rob was still like, good for you, but how about no? And apparently in doing the dive, he was so unnatural at it that they had to cut from a really bad angle and cut around it um, as he did the dive onto the people for the spot. Definitely wasn't uh, good. Yeah, no, it was, it was not good. And they did the best they could to cut around it. But the bottom line is, is that Rob kind of like, splashed off of the, uh, he kind of just threw himself off of the thing instead of jumping. It was uh, a hot ass mess. And that's uh, hopefully that stays in the performance center as he's gone down the road to Tampa to play football. The last thing. <laughs> Literally down the road. Right. The last, mm-hmm. yeah, down the I-4. Get your, get your uh, sun pass ready. Um, the last thing I have is that, of course, the NFL will be starting up in September because the, because big business does not give a shit about the fans. Nope. So, it's because it's, if it does start up right on time after Labor Day, what will fans look like now, depending on where they play, depending on where it is, it could be some fans to absolutely no fans. There are two teams in L.A. this year there. If they have any games there, they will not have fans there. But Fox is looking into technology to screen screen, essentially fans into the building. Mm-hmm. Now, what exactly mm-hmm. does this look like? It could be a CGI of the stands, or it could be them planning a giant Zoom chat. We really <laughs> don't know what it's going to look like. The question is, AEW has allowed some onlookers. I don't want to call them fans because I have no idea who they are and how they got <laughs> into the building. In the little corner. Um, but yeah, but they have like a little section of people mm-hmm. and they totally scream as loud as they can to add some ambiance to the room. WWE has no fans, and UFC has just gotten started back, and NASCAR doesn't really need fans because engines are loud, the fans are not as loud as the cars. But for the NFL, if they are able to make this look decent and deep fake a crowd, basically, <laughs> is this something that WWE should look into as they are desperate to look neat, have some something that gives takes away from the fact that they are basically wrestling in space because you can't hear anything other than other than the action of the ring. I, but quickly, my answer is that AEW's doing it, and a crowd is uh, fans are there in the back on the bleachers. Also, I won't be. I would never attend the show on the bleachers unless I'm going for free. Because um, if you've ever done it, it sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's worse. Regardless of what you're watching, it sucks. Um, but. Is is the big push to have a crowd there? Because like for me, I, does it even matter? They're on the side there, and, and like 
I got it. At first, it was, the aesthetic was kind of like, well, but now do you do we even care? It's, I, for me, it's either like, hey, do it or don't do it, but don't like try to halfway simulate it. You know what I mean? AEW is slowly introducing people do, into coming. So that for me is doing it. But like this whole unmarginalized strategy that you're talking about, I, I, I don't care that much. I don't understand why they have to be so desperate to get people in there, to set up the protocol to allow fans to do it at the capacity that your state allows, Florida, obviously, and just do it, do it for that. But I don't think it has to, like, we got to have fans in there. You know what I mean? And at the well, same time, too, how can you put a price on, on something like this? Easy. Business. Clearly. I mean, yeah. that's the price of doing business. Because yeah. if we were talking about, you know, the safest thing to do, the safest thing to do, was to be, have everybody stay their asses home, <laughs> shut down everything, not go anywhere for two weeks, figure out who's sick, get, you know, we need three million test kits this weekend. I, I, gotta, I mean, that, We're not getting that. So, and, the, and the, the thing is that people are talking about, you know, CGI and fans in, or piping stop. in a crowd, or stop. whatever else. These are the things that are important to people. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to play 2K, it should be free for you right now. That's how bad you want to see a simulated CGI crowd. Go, go, go get and it. And they are doing that because the 2K League is a thing that's getting numbers on ESPN 8 the Ocho. <laughs> the fact that a, NASCAR, a legit NASCAR driver got cut because he said bad things on a video game. Yeah. yeah. Is where we are right now. You represent a brand at all times. That, nope. includes, you. that includes you, silly sellers. With a, I know. Your, your Colin Carher comments. <laughs> These are the darkest timeline. That's where where we are right now. Okay, so the very last bit of business that I have, and then we can wrap it up from there, is a very special cameo higher low. Justin Uh Barrini, the first runner-up from the first season of American Idol. (laughs) I I watch more guys. Who are we throwing him up against? Are we guessing the price? You can can guess the price, but uh, no, actually, I give you the – no, no, no. Who's Justin Guarini? If you know who he is, so be it. Who do you think is charging more? Justin Guarini of American Idol fame, I guess? Or Raven? (laughs) Simone or the wrestler? That's what I'm about to say. Simone or the wrestler? Well, obviously, Raven Simone is a different person. But Raven, leader of the flock. Man. I'm gonna go. Quote the Raven. I'm gonna go Justin Raven's Guarini. Higher. Ravens higher. Scott Levy is higher. Yes. Well, no. Uh, Justin's charging fifty bucks. Raven only wants forty. Quote oh. the Raven. Nevermore. Yep. Yeah. Raven so, makes some easy money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, his. Yeah, you know, it's okay. You know, he's not trying to rob people, but you know, it's Raven. I, I think I can get forty bucks for Raven. <laughs> just sit in the corner. So, so yeah. how long are these clips, by the way, when they do cameos? How long are they? Um, uh, usually a minute or two. Okay. So, as much as we talked about um, the state of the pandemic and different states opening, uh, Maryland has announced where we're, most of us are either from or around um, has announced that they will be opening five o'clock uh, p.m. Parts of Maryland will be opening up five o'clock p.m. Um, this Friday tomorrow. So, with that being said, you know, the bigger counties, Prince George's County, if you're familiar with that, of course, everybody knows Prince George's County. You should you should know, at least. Um, uh, Prince George's County and Montgomery County, two of the biggest counties, are not going to be opening. But interesting enough, as we were doing this show, a thought came to my head. 
Well, Baltimore County is opening. Do you think that there's any chance that ROH opens shop and then golden opportunity right now where not only is their order operations is in, their dojo is in. Is their dojo in Baltimore County or Baltimore City? It's still not in Prince George's or, or Montgomery. I think Baltimore it's Baltimore City's, City's closed. Baltimore yeah. City's closed and the county is not. Yeah, it's in the county. It's definitely not in the city. It's by the airport. That's what I asked. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I didn't know Baltimore City wasn't opening. Um, yeah. Okay, so but either way, do you think that there's a wild chance that they may – This is, I mean, again, they've they've been on the bench this entire time. They have not budged mm-hmm. at all. And they canceled all the way through June, all the house shows. Do you think that this is the time for them to pr- not only be able to probably do live television for whatever it's worth, but just put out anything right now because at this point now the tapings have really caught up with the, the state of what's happening like they don't have no I don't think they have anything else in the can so do you think or would you want them to respond as this may be a golden opportunity for them to do so it's a quick yes or no because we're definitely on our time I, see well, I, I think this is a bigger thing that we need to discuss further into next week <laughs> for the companies that haven't started like, um, you know, Impact is doing something. NWA is looking into something. Um, and Ring of Honor is, you know, what should they do? Because WWE and, you know, they have started and, and it's gone. What they, and they've done what they've done. AEW has done what they've done. We've seen nothing from anybody else. What should, how should they reopen if they're allowed to do so safely? Yep, and Ring of yep. Honor has probably the most to lose out of that. Yep, yep. And and just in case anybody's wondering about State of Maryland, we are able to open at uh, there are allowed to have um, businesses open at 50 percent capacity. So that's right on par for them to have, you know, an audience of some sort. So we'll be you're right. I think it's a bigger topic to have. So we'll definitely have that next week. But it could get interesting as, uh, you know, we're opening. Um, I I would assume other states are going to probably be opening this weekend. Uh, So we'll see how this all goes. But um, until next week. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody who's listened in tonight or who's going to re-listen to the podcast. It's been an amazing show. We got a lot done. We'll be back next week with plenty more to talk about. But until then, everybody stay safe and we'll catch you next.